This is the MG Car Club Podcast with Wayne Scott and Adam Sloman. On this episode, we talk to MG Collector and Director of the MG Car Club, Lorraine Noble-Thompson, to learn more about WSM Midgets. Adam and I discuss modified MGs, COVID restrictions and the new display of land speed record-breaking MGs at the British Motor Museum, Gaydon. The MG Car Club Podcast. Hello, welcome to the MG Car Club podcast. Hope you're keeping well. It's a momentous occasion, ladies and gentlemen, here on the MG Car Club podcast series because after 14 weeks locked in the dungeon that is the utility room at Adam's house, it is Adam Sloman. Adam, how is it feeling knowing soon that you're going to be let out from there? Well, it's it's exciting, mate. It's uh, It's been 14 really interesting weeks living here with uh, Mr. Zanussi and Mr. Becco. Um, but the good news is that uh, hopefully, very soon, I'll, uh, I'll be recording uh, from Kimber House. This really is, in all seriousness, a barometer for the easing of restrictions that we are seeing across the UK now. We are still a little bit inconsistent in that Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland and actually some regional areas of England have different restrictions put upon them as we record this podcast but we have been eased enough for you to consider that everyone starts working from Kimber House once again. Obviously I know that you and the team have been putting in measures so that the office can work whilst being socially distant so desks are further apart and all that kind of stuff but this is quite a turning point isn't it in the whole recovery from covid19 for the mg car club yeah definitely i mean i'm i'm really looking forward to to getting to be with the team at kimber house uh, on a daily basis again instead of a sort of weekly basis as it has been for the past 14 weeks um, it's going to mean quite a few changes in and around the building um, it does mean unfortunately that we will be closed to visitors for the foreseeable future um, we've had a couple of people get in touch with us and express their disappointment that they've not been able to visit Kimber House um, but we still can't open up to visitors um, the social distancing means that we've had to spread the staff across a wider area of the building so a lot of the areas that normally would be reserved for visitors to come and look at the archive collection and come and look at the museum collection um, has had to become sort of short-term office space. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, um, but I'm really looking forward to being back in Abingdon and back with the team on a daily basis. You're really lucky with Kimber House at the MG Car Club to have such a big space to put those measures in place. A lot of other businesses are really struggling, aren't they? Yeah, it's a challenge and I can't imagine how difficult it must be for those guys with sort of smaller premises. Um, And it means we can spread out and we can get back to making sure that we serve the members and the MG community as a whole in in a more sort of efficient manner like we always have done before coronavirus. And let's talk about the members of the Car Club just for a moment because this podcast is brought to you by the MG Car Club and we are all based around memberships. And... It is a fantastic worldwide community of MG fans that you join when you join the MG Car Club. But it's not just that. There's loads of other benefits as well. And it's really good to see that we're going to be getting a little bit closer to having certain small-scale events in the not-too-distant future return to our hobby and to our community. But tell us, Adam, a little bit more about some of the benefits to membership that you do get from joining the MG Car Club. Well, the club, like you say, really is, it's an institution. Um, You know, I was a member of the club um, for a long time before I was fortunate enough to come and work at Kimber House for the club. Um, And the benefits are sort of really broad and, and you get, some big obvious benefits such as safety fast which is our monthly magazine um you know you'll get over a 100 page magazine through your front door every month um which is packed full of really really good content and that covers every single mg from the vintage stuff from the from the mid 20s all the way through to the new stuff that's being produced today um you can enjoy discounts on 
event tickets um, and that uh, that gets you cheaper tickets to things like MG Live. Um, it gets you um, access to special discount codes for Silverstone Classic for the Classic Motor Show at the NEC. You can save money on your car insurance. Um, but more than that, more than just sort of those obvious benefits that everyone looks at getting, um, you're also getting, in, in a lot of ways, membership of more than just one club because you get membership of the main car club um, which covers the length and breadth of the UK and and you know we support clubs all over the world so really you're getting membership of a, of a truly global car club but you're also getting membership of your local centre if you're with us in the UK so we've got centres that cover um, the length and breadth of the UK but you're also getting membership of your register so if you own an MGB um, you'll automatically become a member of the MGB register if you own 10 different MGs across 10 different models, then you get membership of 10 different registers. So there's really a lot to be had from joining the car club. And most of our registers have um, additional benefits that they offer to members, be it a forum. For example, our Triple M register have their own forum. The MGB register have their own forum. Um, there are events that are specific to those registers. So the T-types do their technical seminar days. Um, yeah, I mean, once you start scratching the surface, it's the, the car club's like an iceberg. You know, there's so much beneath the surface. It's, um, it's staggering, really. And of course, if you have especially the older MGs, and in particular the pre-war MGs, they are actually quite difficult to keep on the road if you've never owned one before, if you don't have a huge amount of experience. But the great news is by joining in with the MG Car Club and being a part of those registers, you can access that information from all those other members, benefit from all those other years of experience and make owning any kind of MG, whether it be a pre-war one to a modern one, really easy, can't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the knowledge that these guys have got is is incredible you know I've learned things that I had no idea about and I would like to think that I knew cars like MGB MG Midget uh, pretty well um, but there's some real sort of hardcore specialist knowledge that you can only access through being a member so yeah whatever MG you've got there's someone here in the club that's waiting to help you and waiting to support you with your car it's very easy to join as well. MG Car Club, uh, you can go to the website where this podcast is hosted, mgpodcast.uk. Click the Join Today button on there, or you can check out more on the MG Car Club via mgcc.co.uk. And you spoke about Kimber House reopening, Adam. At the weekend, I visited the British Motor Museum at Gaydon, and they were opening for the very first time after the uh, COVID-19 lockdown with quite a lot of restrictions in place. You can see at Gaydon just how much work has gone in to getting that place ready for accepting visitors once again. They're not open all week. They're only opening at the weekends at the moment. The first thing you notice is that you have to queue to get in. You have to book tickets. You can only pre-book and you have to arrive in certain time slots. The poor staff and volunteers are all behind perspex screens and there's a one-way system that they've devised around the museum. But actually, it's still a really pleasant place to spend an afternoon and there is some fantastic MG exhibits. Of course, old number one greets you the moment you walk through the door at the moment. It's right in the foyer as you walk into the museum. That's the very first uh, car that, of course, Cecil Kimber bodied. It's a bullnose Morris underneath, actually. And that was the very first car that he bodied up as a Morris Garages car, giving birth to the MG. And then what was really nice is to have a look through some of the prototypes. We spoke about this a few episodes ago on the MG Car Club podcast, some of the amazing prototypes uh, around redesigning the MGB that came through in the 1960s. You can see all of them there in a special display in the main uh, area of the museum and also that concept car from the 1980s that we've covered a lot of on the podcast, the MG EXE. That's there on display. And something new that I noticed, really nice in the British Motor Museum at Gaydon, is a brand new exhibition dedicated at the back of the main museum building now to all of the MG land speed record breakers oh that's amazing i mean they, they've got some stunning cars at, at, at uh, the british motor museum and to know that those record breakers are being displayed in a in a proper manner um is lovely i mean it's well worth taking a trip up to gaden i was uh, taking some friends there who are not from the world of cars and i was uh, 
it's quite funny actually uh, there's an mgb that's like cut in half like a sectional model of an mgb real car but sort of sectioned in half and so you can see the inside of the engine and the gearbox right the way through to the rear diff so i was just explaining look this is you can see in the car this is how everything works when people talk about flywheels there it is these are the pistons that go up and down these are the valves let the fuel and the exhaust gases out and you can see i'm a real great date you know <laughs> uh, really fascinating but i was explaining to the people i was with this is how a car works basically before i knew what had happened i now had a crowd around me i think they thought i worked at the museum and i was giving like a lecture or something. <laughs> it was like 30 people suddenly <laughs> gathered round just listening to what i was saying did you put your hat on the floor and start collecting tips yeah i should have done that actually yeah just a fiver this is the only way i make a living yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a fantastic model actually and i like the fact that they've taken all the bits inside the engine like chromed them you know so they all look really nice and you can really just see a whole mgb real life car cut in half and how it all sort of links together and fits and suddenly you realize just how simple mgbs are actually when you, yeah, when you see yeah. it cut like that it's a it is a cool exhibit i think was that not um was that not a motor show car as well mm, i think that was yeah, i've got a funny feeling i've shows, seen yeah. it on uh, on one of the stands from the 60s on uh, one of the uh, the london motor show yeah and they've got the last mg midget off the line as well also on display there which nice. is a nice little car in black so, yeah, yeah, I think all the all the Renault cars were, were black, I believe. Yeah, yeah, very pretty little car. I enjoyed it. It was a great day out. So, um, yeah, and of course, you've got the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Centre over the way, which, of course, houses all of the BL prototype cars and all sorts of interesting, weird and wonderful stuff on the top floor of there as well, which is of interest. So, yeah, well worth a look round. Support them if you can. And that goes for all the other museums out there as well. Haynes, Bewley, um, Coventry Motor Museum as well. You know, Silverstone have got their museum at the motor circuit. Support them. Pay your tickets. Show willing. Let's keep the historic vehicle world alive during these mad times. Yeah, I completely agree with you, mate. It's it's really important to to support all the museums and and make sure that um, we we have we have a we have places like that to visit moving forward. Um, it does make me uh, think, though, that uh, we have we ought to remind everyone we've recently updated the guidance for what members um, ought to be doing with regards to events um, and gatherings on the on the website. It was important to us, wasn't it, Adam, to make sure that we kept everyone updated and we have kept this page updated from day one of the pandemic and all of the information has been updated on mainly a weekly basis throughout lockdown nothing much changed so it kind of remains static and on there you'll find not only the guidance that you need to explain what the COVID-19 restrictions currently are and how they affect the MG Car Club. But you'll also find a roundup of all of the events and how they've been postponed or cancelled or what has happened to some of the big fixtures throughout the year. And we've done it really because, frankly, the guidance out there from government, and I don't want to get too political on this, but it is wishy-washy at best, full of grey areas, completely open to interpretation and actually when you read through it from a car club point of view it's full of stuff that doesn't really apply to us or confuses what does apply to us so what we've tried to do is distill it down and take out the bits of the guidance literally copied and pasted them for you so that you can see the bits that are pertinent to us as a car club go to the mg car club website mgcc.co.uk and click on our coronavirus guidance pages for the very latest information. I mentioned I'd just been to the British Motor Museum and the guidance has relaxed to allow some small-scale events and gatherings that are run by professional bodies to take place. Now, I say that with great caution because also within that guidance is the clause that people operating venues or running events must a follow COVID-19 secure guidelines and that includes doing COVID-19 specific risk assessments and putting in place all of the infrastructure required to deal with it so that includes hand sanitizing stations for example but the key thing that they're talking about here is that those operating venues or running events must take additional steps to ensure the safety of the public and prevent mass gatherings or large events from taking place now really helpfully thanks very much they don't 
give us an exact number on what constitutes a large event. Of course, there has been that rule, which is still in place, by the way, that if you as a private individual organise a gathering and it's more than 30 people in size, it's illegal. And they have made very clear how they're going to enforce the law on those points, and they're quite steep fines, actually, and they are still in place. What they are doing, though, is allowing businesses and organisations to run events. The main priority of everyone is keeping everybody else safe. Yeah, and I I know that there are... Because I've had emails and I've had phone calls and I've had messages, and I know that there are people um, in the community out there that are desperate to get back to what we had you know what we we regard as normal yeah so Um, am i so are you we all are um but my concern is that is is safety we need to keep everyone as safe as possible and while it would be great to think yeah okay we can throw open the doors we can go and have this event we can we can sell tickets we can you know we can do a road run we can get 100 mgs at, at, at an event i don't know how anyone would be able to um, deal with the or the guilt that could come from someone attending an event and, uh, you know, God forbid, becoming ill or even worse, someone losing their life. You know, we, we've got to keep people safe. I had an email this week saying that um, our guidance was wrong um, because uh, there was some, some summer gathering going on for another club. And I've met so many wonderful people through the club. Um, I would hate for anyone to be to become ill or for anyone to have to deal with the aftermath of, God forbid, someone getting coronavirus from going to uh, a car club event, be it a national one, be it a regional one, be it a registered one. You know, we're, we're just not there yet, guys. You know, I've got the kids come home, every strip of clothing they've worn at school that day goes in the wash. And we, we do everything to minimise the risk. And the same thing applies with, with, with car shows. The guidance that's currently on the MG Car Club website and the guidance that will always be on the MG Car Club website is that given by government. You can argue that it's wrong and that you're perfectly within your rights to do that, but that is the, what the government has given us. And we're trying to interpret it the best way we can by giving you the facts and exactly how government are wording it to us. And that is how it is presented. So it is not the MG Car Club making this stuff up, if you like. It is what we have taken from the government guidance. It's changing all the time. We'll keep it updated as it changes. And you can get all of the information on mgcc.co.uk. What we would say is, of course, there are some events being advertised and we're not going to tell anyone that they shouldn't leave the house. We're not going to tell anyone that they shouldn't attend any events that are advertised, but you do so at your own risk, basically. So just be aware that there are still risks. The pandemic's not over. And please, please, if you are going to go to any of these events, just check that all of those guidelines are being followed by that event. For goodness sake, make sure you are safe. On to lighter things now, and uh, really interesting to talk to members, of course, on the MG Car Club podcast. That's what this podcast is all about, hearing from you and hearing about your cars and your lives with MGs. And someone who has a great passion for the Mark MG, Lorraine Noble-Thompson, joins us next. And it's nice, Adam, to have a lady on the podcast. I mean, Lorraine is is pure uh, MG enthusiasm through and through. Um, she's got an incredible collection of cars and yeah her love for mg drives her um all the way from from scotland down to down to come and see us in in abingdon every month um so yeah it'd be really interesting to see what she's got to say she's one of the volunteers on the board of directors so it'd be interesting to hear from her about how the car club runs and her part to play in that she's just bought a brand new mg find out what that is in a moment she owns two mgas and an mgtf a 1950s one, and we'll find out what a WSM is. It's Lorraine Noble-Thompson, our interview for this episode of the MG Car Club podcast, next. The MG Car Club podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. To take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centres and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. 
Well, next on the MG Car Club podcast, we're talking to one of the newly appointed volunteer directors, uh, Lorraine Noble Thompson. She is a volunteer and also she lives a blooming long way away from Kimber House. Uh, hello, Lorraine. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Wayne. Thanks for having me on. Paint the scene for where you're talking to us from at the moment. And anyone listening to this, close your eyes and imagine the beautiful countryside that surrounds her. <laughs> yes. Well, if you head north uh, from Abingdon uh, and keep going north and cross a thing called the border, uh, you'll come into Scotland. And I live in a little village near, uh, near Bigger, which is surrounded by rolling hills. Um, most gorgeous and lovely roads as well so from Abingdon to my house it's about six seven hours drive and you did do a very long journey recently to pick up a brand new MG didn't you tell us about what you've just bought yes I did I've got one of the new HS's um, it's the exclusive one and the automatic and I got it because I've had a ZS and I've been extremely pleased with a ZS over the two years I've had that one but I was putting quite a few miles on I think 68,000 miles at the last counting two years so um, never missed a beat but I've now upgraded that one and uh, I drove on Friday down to Birmingham or Dudley to Summit Garage to pick my new car up um, and then straight back because I, my visa was for the, I had to go there and back in a day really to uh, be in the guidelines of our, uh, our Nicola. Yeah, of course, you are more strictly restricted up in Scotland at the moment. Do you think that's had a, a real hard effect on the classic car scene north of the border? Um, it's sort of, it's, it's coming out of its cocoon now a little bit, because um, up to recently we could only really travel five miles from our home, and that restriction was lifted a week ago, uh, I think, you know, two weeks ago now. So that was, um, so more people getting out in their cars and uh, dusting them down and uh, i think that's helped a little bit mm -hmm. so, but uh, yeah drove straight back and uh, it's i must say it's very comfortable extremely nice they are cracking little cars aren't they and um adam and i as we've mentioned before on the podcast had one of the uh, zs evs recently and mm -hmm. they're really nice nicely finished um what attracted you to the hs well the hs is um it's a bigger engine uh, it's a 1.5 and it has a tow capacity because obviously um, I need one with a tow, a tow bar now um, to pull the trailer and, and one of the cars. So this is the reason why I upgraded. Um, the, the ZS wouldn't really do that. So when this new one came out, um, looked at the, the weight capacity for the tow and, uh, and the decision was there. And uh, as I say, it is, it is a cracking motor. It's... Uh, it beeps. It's, it's got it's five star safety, so that is that's excellent. It slows down when you put it in cruise control because when you're on a motorway, you put it in cruise control. But when you get nearer, too near to the car in front, it slows you down. Um, if you cross the line, it'll beep at you. So it, it's got all these lovely little whistles and bells that. Um, Sometimes can be annoying, but they're there for a reason. Well, of course, MG was named as the uh, uh, one of the most impressive uh, uh, brands for technology in a recent poll. And uh, when we talked to MG India on a recent episode of this podcast, they were keen to point out that what they were really trying to do is to, well, create MGs that were bristling with new technology. And obviously yours is the same it like that. It certainly is. It <laughs> certainly is, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd um, sort of tell everybody that's interested, just go and test drive one and you will be amazed at it. And it's nice to, to be able to drive an everyday car uh, with an MG badge on the front mm. and show it off. You alluded to the fact that you needed a car to tow a trailer. <laughs> um, we ought to talk then about your other cars in the uh, the MG fleet. And uh, it's kind of a fleet now, isn't it? Um, let's, it's growing. Let, let's start with the car that you are towing on the trailer because you showed this to me at Bowness when you, you proudly drew up to Bowmain's farm with it. <laughs> Um, tell everyone about your stunning MGA race car. The MGA race car, that's um, a fiberglass um, front body. It's a 1959 uh, MGA. It's got a, a flip bonnet uh, made of fiberglass. And obviously for lightness and everything else has been taken away, the wheel arches, etc. And it's got an MGB engine in there. Um, but that raced up the hill, I think, gosh, last year. Last year now. And the first year was when I went on the Carcana with you, and I'd only just recently picked it That's up right. that week. 
that was all squeaky new to me <laughs> and uh, we did that Carcana in the main ring which was quite Indeed. fun yeah. I think I think I got conned into doing that somehow. Probably, yeah. We <laughs> probably conned you somehow or another. <laughs> you did. <laughs> but it's a great-looking car, and as you say, it's a, a glass-fibre body, which makes it very lightweight and uh, a good car to take up hill climbing with, and uh, that is exactly what you did. You competed at the Bowness Revival Hill Climb up in Scotland last year, and, well, you did rather well, didn't you? Thank you. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good bunch, yeah. Um, but I needed a, an, another one because the gear ratio on that's different. So I actually bought another A. So I do have another MGA now, um, which will possibly be the main tow um, that I'll tow around because it is an FIA race car. And it's mainly aluminium. And it's a 1962. Alongside the now two MGAs then... <laughs> Uh, you also have a very intriguing little car and i love this little car um there's got it's got a fantastic story to it as well it is of course uh an, an mg midget wsm bodied uh, midget and uh, a lot of people will look at it uh and sort of confuse it with either a lenham or something like that but they have quite a unique story and they all began being an mg dealer didn't they tell us the story of how that car came about well the, um, the gentleman that created the car is Douglas Wilson Spratt. Um, and him and his friend, Jim McManus, so hence WSM. Um, Douglas was a, an avid racer. And I believe he, in 1958, he took um, collection of the very first Austin Healey Sprite, which he raced. Um, he raced at Monte Carlo as well, several times. And um, from there, he wanted to obviously create a different car, a faster car, etc. Um, he, the um, one of the sprites uh, caught fire in the late fifties. I think it was B BXN, and he helped create the new body for that, and that gave him the idea to start and create a WSM car um, with a smooth front nose, flip top um, bonnet as well. Um, the bonnets, some of the early bonnets were in aluminium, but they're mainly in fiberglass. From, there was 10 built in the 60s, early 60s. and 62, it was launched in Silverstone, and I think he took four orders from that test. Um, so six more were built, four went to America, and six stayed in the UK. Over the years since then, there's, uh, I think there's six remaining of the originals. And coming into 2008, his son, Tony Wilson Spratt, who races as well, um, persuaded his father to create another 10. Um, it took him quite a few uh, goes to, to do it because his father didn't want to do it. Um, but then he persuaded his father to, to create the 10. But he wanted, his father explicitly said that it must be in the same mantra as the original 10s were. That's the fiberglass. It wasn't going to be a kick car for somebody to do. Um, and it must stay the same way. So a GT or the race uh, WSM as well. Um, that was in 2010, um, and Tony Wilson Spratt races, as I say, as well, and he raced with a, a gentleman called Paul Warmer, who's a very big Healy um, person as well, been with Healy's about 32 years, so it carried the same uh, thing as, obviously, Douglas Wilson Spratt, who was a big Healy man. Um, and Paul did, I think he owned BXN then, and he also did the um, John Sprinzel's Sebring Sprite Up, which is PMO 200. So they got together and created WSM cars. And the first one was Ian Hewlett's, which was a race car. Uh, mine was the second one to be built at the Sanction 2, as they were known, um, all in the same way. And I wanted it exactly as it was. And it was built on a midget chassis because most of them, and the original 10, nine of them were on Sprites, and one was on a midget. So the next batch, which is Sanction 2, mine was on a midget. So there still is only two cars built on a midget chassis. And um, so I think in 2010, I, I, I loved this car from the day I met it. Uh, the, I was at a Healy weekend, and I went around just taking pictures of cars, as, as you do. And I just kept going back to this car, you know, one of the original ones, and the little smiley face, because it does have that little smiley face. And I had the picture stuck on my computer for quite a long time. Then I found out that they were making the second batch. And um, I had to find a, a donor car, which Paul Warmer helped me with. 
Um, I did have at that time a midget, a damask round wheel arch midget, but it was it was a very nice one, so I didn't want to use that, of course. So we found one, and um, it took three years to build. So in 2010, it was it was built, and uh, obviously I kept going down to to where Paul was near Bedford and uh, seeing the little car it's developing. And Douglas Wilson Spratt took quite a, a keen interest in that one as well. The GT, um, I wanted um, a bigger engine, obviously. I had an A-class engine, but it was a 1380 Acelli engine put in it. And I had a Toyota 5-speed box put in it as well. Um, I did have a fast uh, uh, race cam, but it was a bit too um, snatchy. So I changed that and had a fast road cam put in. Um, but I wanted to go under the road, so I've got a 3.7 diff in it so it can keep up with traffic quite easily. But I also wanted the opportunity to sprint and hill climb, um, which exactly what it was um, for. And uh, we couldn't think of the colour at that time. And I remember sitting in, the, at, uh, in um, a transport, Douglas Samuels Transporter at Goodwood with Douglas Wilson Spratt deciding on the colour. Because most of them were red. Original ones were mainly red. And the reason, so I believe, was that when they were racing in Italy against Ferrari, which is what um, he was trying to do, if it wasn't a red car, the spectators used to sort of, let's say, hinder the driver. Um, but whether that's just um, a myth, I don't know, but it's, it's, uh, that was one of the reasons. So we'd never seen a silver one, so we decided on silver. And I didn't want any silver. It had to be a nice warm silver. So the silver's based on a 1960s Jaguar silver and um, of course the, the wheels are mini lights I could have had wire wheels but um, Douglas said that unless you can get somebody to clean your wires I'd go for mini lights so that, that was sort of how it all evolved um, and I must say it's, it's a delightful little car and I've waited a long time for it I believe there is only still there's only four of Sanction 2 built so there is still only 10 but it, they are there if you if you want someone you have a, a bit of a deep pocket but uh, but they are delightful and uh, it's got a character of its own lots of little quirks but a character certainly reminiscent of the sprites that uh, raced at sebring uh with people like sterling moss at the wheel and i like the the gt roof on the wsm has just a little bit of height to it but yes. it does give the whole car that really lovely gt sleek look um, mm. and, and it's got to help it aerodynamically i would have thought as well so it probably goes it's probably got a higher top speed lorraine <laughs> yes <laughs> well the, the aerodynamics this the um youtubed um, Douglas Wilson Spat and the WSM, you'll see how he did his aerodynamics, and it was by sticking bits of cotton wool on the side of the car. <laughs> Blowing lots of air at it and seeing which flapped the most. Well, yeah, that's brilliant. it, see, yeah, see what it went. But it is, it is very, very uh, aerodynamic, and when you do hit speed, you can feel it lifting like it wants to fly. So it's because it's a very light body, and I think its uh, brake horsepower is, uh, I think, 105. Um, so with a light body as well, 105 at the fly, it's, it's quite a, quite a fast beast. Oh, it's a pretty little car, having seen it in arenas all over the place and interviewed you about it uh, in the past as well. It's, uh, it's definitely a highlight of the cars that we uh, have passing through the shows, that's for sure. And it's not just, of course, the 60s cars that you've got. Uh, we've already talked about your, your two MGAs and your uh, your WSM, but also you go a little bit further back than that as well. You've yeah, I've actually got a TF, um, 1955 TF. Right. I got it uh, last May, um, called Wallace. You'll probably, if you know me, most of my cars are, uh, have names. Um, and uh, it's a delightful little almond green TF. Um, character all of his own. Um, immaculate condition. And it's, I was told, obviously, the, um, part of the T register, which is great, because all, all our models in the MG Car Club have registers that you should sign up for and belong to, because you can get lots of knowledge from them. And they've... Um, uh, confirmed that it is uh, genuine. It's got the XPEG engine, the original one, and it was one that didn't go out the country because most of the TFs that were made went abroad to America. So I think there was 244 that were home homemade um, and right-hand drives, which this is one. And it's a 1500, so it's uh, it's quite it goes quite well. Um, I have put a five-speed Type 9 forward box in it. But I do have the original box, so if uh, if I ever wanted to revert back, I could easily swap it back. 
And they are a totally different driving experience, aren't they? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it it is. It's um, yeah, you can potter around the country roads of Scotland and be in another world. It's fantastic. And uh, we do have some very nice roads to potter around in Scotland, and the scenery as well. But it's it's also quite fast. It will keep up with modern roads because of the the uh, the new box. But you don't you don't race those sort of things on motorways. You take yourself off into a nice country road with a picnic on the back. Yes, that's it. Take <laughs> your time and savour it. Enjoy you the do. journey. That's you it. do. And I was out um, around some of the little roads on Sunday, a lovely day, and uh, just took him out for a, a little blow the blow the cobwebs out of his little wheel arches because mm. um, i've been polishing them since lockdown so it's about time he got dirty again <laughs> <laughs> and knowing you as i do lorraine you do travel all over the country going to various different events and uh you know you're up and down the country's mg car club events in particular yeah um tell us about some of your most memorable adventures that you've had with oh. your cars over the years has there been one of those moments that always sticks in your mind as a brilliant mg moment for you well i love i love going to the revival goodwood revival and sadly as everything this year it's been postponed and um i can remember one year you get, if you get there early enough you can go to the cricket match on a thursday evening at um at the, the house and I can remember driving up there in the WSM, and I tend to have a very, very subtle MG badge on the back, because I like people thinking, ooh, what's that? Um, and then you have to explain what it is. And it was parked next, I think there was an Aston Martin one side of it, and a, and a Bentley or something the other side. And I just looked up after watching the cricket, and there was crowds around the little car. And I thought, well, that's, that's it's lovely. But um, I love going to the classic, Le Mans classic. And um, I'd normally go um, with a team, uh, the MGB of uh, uh, the late Barry Sidery Smith's um, DRX team, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's great fun. And we always take a. Uh, I took uh, I can't remember what I took over there. We've taken several cars over there in the past, but that's a really good weekend. And uh, I think you popped up on one of my Facebook memories the other week. <laughs> I did. <laughs> if you <Yes>. remember, <laughs> that's right. Oh, there's Wayne there, and uh, yeah, because it was. Uh, weekend last weekend i think it would have been yeah uh, yeah yeah of so, course uh, barry sidery smith we sadly lost a couple of years ago now but um he yeah. was i was running the pr for a triumph tr team for one of the oil companies at the time and barry was hopping between the mgb <laughs> that he was driving and a tr3s and another and, one uh, i think i think he had three up. that was yeah. barry for you and we had a fantastic evening where we brought all of the triumph team crews together with the mg crews and we had a good night didn't we it was a very good night yeah sadly that restaurant I think close shortly after that but uh, maybe someone's bought it next time we go over mm, Ekamoy, uh, just on the Ekamoy, tour road yeah. I think wasn't it yeah on the yes, way it out was. well Le Mans Classic of course returns next year next July has been postponed due to coronavirus so hopefully we can all get together and remember legends like Barry Sidery Smith at that race next year but uh, he was a fantastic guy wasn't he and, and a real character and one of those sort of a breed of racing drivers that we'll never see again and it was a privilege to experience life around him wasn't it it was and we've lost a few obviously um uh Wizzo as well um the other year uh, which they're all friends together and, and the late Sir sterling as well um so barry knew as well because they all raced together and there was that from that era um all gentlemen all gentlemen together most delightful people it is a good example of of the real camaraderie that you experience when you're in the mg car club isn't it and no matter where you go in the country no matter what event that you attend um you get together with like-minded people from the mg car club and it just makes going to events like that a little bit more fun yes you can go on your own and have a great time but when you go with a big group of people like that and you get to meet different people and hear their stories it just makes all the difference doesn't it mm, agreed it is it seems the the mg badge is it opens lots of doors um whether the person's got one but everybody knows somebody that's had an mg father or friend or that and it, it, it's it's a huge family uh, all over the world which makes it, it it really nice and warm and that fuzzy feeling to, to have an mg and also we need more lady owners like you lorraine um you know you, you, <laughs> we certainly do um you know the recent um 
survey that was sent out, it did come back that uh, saying that exactly that same thing that we could do with more more lady drivers, more lady racing drivers as well. Um, there's a few out there, but it's it's a great thing. If you know if they want to start competitive, they can do auto tests and auto solos. That's how I started. Um, you know, very uh, solos are not as hard on the car as the auto tests, um, but they're fun and they get you into that little competitive streak. And uh, and hopefully, if you wanted to take it further, you go to sprints and hill climbs, and then the full license. Um, but also seeing ladies in in sort of you know, chair rolls like the CRBs, um, you know, very good chairs and officers. But it's nice to see, uh, you know, the ladies getting on and moving up the ladder, so to say, and definitely. What do you think a barrier is to women getting into the historic vehicle scene? I can remember, obviously, when I was with um, Douglas Samuel, he had the lots of classic cars, and that's, I like the T. He had a lovely TF, he still has, and that's where I fell in love with TFs too. Um, but I think I only managed to drive it once. So I had to wait till I bought my own, you know. Um, but it's it's you can get into the MG world and family with any sort of MG, uh, any car really. You know, it's obviously you have to have an interest in MG and uh, be an enthusiast. But you know, the TFs are great for ladies too. You know, the the, um, the MGF TFs, mm. um, nice little two seaters, um, mm. quite reasonably priced, and uh, you can bomb around in one of those. And then, obviously, you know, if you if you want to go into the older cars, that's great. Um, but certainly, if they see more ladies in the group, they may may think, well, that's that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. Certainly, we have a, a lot of young members, uh, female young members, as well. So it's a, that's a growing um, area. The young members are so enthusiastic; it's fantastic um, with a young members branch. And there are, as I say, quite a few ladies in there. So things are things are changing. Yeah, and I suppose that's a societal change as well. Girls aren't yeah. brought up anymore to say, no, uh, cars are for boys and <laughs> sewing is for girls. That doesn't happen as much in life, thankfully, anymore, does it? So No, it's funny you should say that because um, somebody asked me how I got into MGs and I remember as a very young child helping my father on his um, Oxford, uh, Morris Oxford and, and Cambridge cars, tinkering, I think the word is, yeah. and learning how to pass the right spanner at the right time and pushing the brake pedals. And uh, instead of in those days, you were meant to be, I think, in the kitchen learning culinary skills <laughs> with your mother. <laughs> but I was getting greasy and oily with my father, so uh, that was fun. Uh, but uh, I think, yeah, society's changing yeah. and changed quite a lot since then. And uh, possibly, yes, there's more ladies out there that want to, to probably come into the car club and will and you raise a good point about young members there really because certainly i'm the same as you in that it was my father that got me into cars and classic cars in particular and so it is really important if there are young people in the family be it children of your own or grandkids even to get them involved with the cars and not be worried about you know keeping them away from them or, or whatever get them involved hold the spanner you know have a have a play with various things give them little jobs to do because it's those special little memories like that that create the enthusiasts of the future isn't it it is they grow up thinking you know they, they grow up um sort of knowing that that's the car they remember as a child and it sticks in their their um their head um there was a couple of years ago i gave a friend's grandson um one of the little model of an mga and it's a gold model of an mga and he told me the other day he said his grandson takes that everywhere with him holds it and takes it everywhere so that will stick in his head so hopefully when he gets a little bit older and uh, and saved his pocket money um he may buy an mga and i know you've been very instrumental in supporting the young members within the mg car club and it's a movement that's going from strength to strength isn't it it is it's certainly growing i think uh, my name well they they've sort of christened me as their honorary honorary mother so there we go which is quite nice but yeah they're, they're a brilliant bunch well talking of your fleet again lorraine what are you missing from your fleet actually that you would really like in the collection that you haven't yet got well i am looking at something at the moment and it's a 1929 um uh, midget but that's all i'm going to say at the moment <laughs> but uh so I would like um, an older car um, or even um, an earlier MG. So then I can nearly enter or join every register then. 
it's a habit, isn't it? It's a, it's like it's like an addiction. This. <laughs> well, it is. I did a, a talk on MGs and and a business talk, and somebody sort of got onto cars and that. And I said, well, actually, I've got more cars uh, MGs than handbags as a lady. Well, uh, Lorraine, it's been fantastic talking about your love for MGs and uh, great to share the passion with you. Um, if you could sum up why you're so heavily involved as a volunteer with the MG Car Club. Um, well, it's, it's 17 years of being in the MG Car Club and it is, it's, it's a way of life, frankly. Um, it's a big family, um, lots of friends, and the MG is, is, is a solid, it has a solid background, and it's just, I don't know, it's just fun to be. I, I can't see any other car that I would like to have, whether it be old or modern. Come and join us is the sentiment there, I think. You can join Absolutely. us very, very easily uh, via the podcast page, in fact, mgpodcast.uk. Just click the button, join now, and follow the steps through, and you can join the MG Car Club really, really easily. Or, of course, you can check out more information about the club via mgcc.co.uk. Uh, or, of course, send us a message here on the podcast. You can do that via the contact form and tell us your stories of your MG as well. And, uh, Lorraine, obviously, big plans for the mg car clubs events for 2021 mg live set to return um yes. lots of things to get involved with isn't there yes it's going to be an extremely busy and exciting year 2021 um with the uh, obviously european event uh, again in germany which was postponed and uh, lots of other events all over the calendar that have postponed all rammed into 12 months so it's going to be a, a really good one really looking forward to it well, don't miss out. Come and join us and enjoy it. And Lorraine, we look forward to seeing you out and about another event in one of your many MGs. <laughs> Thank you very much, Wayne. Been delightful. The MG Car Club Podcast. Safety Fast, the magazine of the MG Car Club. Get your copy now by joining us at mgcc.co.uk. You and I couldn't really agree as to whether we thought MG Car Club members were MG modifiers or whether the MG Car Club members as a whole, speaking generally, like to keep their cars standard. So what we decided to do was to put it to you, the listener, and to the MG Car Club members by asking the question on our social media pages. And we posted this on Facebook a couple of weeks ago now, actually, at the beginning of the month, and just asked you modified mgs question mark have you personalized upgraded or updated yours maybe you think mgs should always be kept original share your projects below and we had quite a lot of replies didn't we yeah i mean it's i i'm sort of coming at it from the point of view that i've don't think i've ever not modified an mg that's really bad english um but every mg i've owned i've done something too it might only be an exhaust or it might only be a set of wheels but yeah i think um even my my mgb um is is that is different from standard um so i i don't think there's any issue with modifying mgs but there's been some really interesting cars um shared with us on facebook well the first one is actually a really new mg it's a 2018 zsx site and um but he's gone with a ZSX site with carbon stubby aerial, which I didn't know was a thing, tinted windows, LED bulb upgrades. Apparently it was the first in the UK to wear a premium sports grill, gloss black roofline pillars and mirrors. So it's even a bit of a scene in modifying the new MGs as well. But as we look further down the list, uh, the next one down, uh, I quite like this. This is a uh, MGF that has been very tastefully modified actually uh it's got a it's a two and a half litre kv6 um rear lights aren't modified but he's got some nice <laughs> what are you laughing at well i'm looking at the fact that the rear lights aren't modified everything else <laughs> pretty much is well it's true he's, he's very keen to state the fact that his rear lights are not modified um which is fine but it's got a lovely really tasteful body kit actually and gloss black alloy wheels um that was the first one that sort of leapt out to me that i quite liked and it's it's wearing the uh the later mg tf um front end with the last of the line um nanjing tf grill if you like as well so yeah it's a really smart looking bit of kit 
Indeed. And there's lots of engine upgrades that have popped up as well. Superchargers appearing all over the place. Uh, there was a really sexy looking midget, actually. Ford Type 9 gearbox, K-Series engine, brakes and suspension modifications. It's got a nice sort of rollover bar and is in a lovely shade of kind of olive green as well. I thought that looked really nice, actually. It was still very period, but obviously underneath there's a modern engine going on there and yeah. lots of upgrades. That's quite nice. It's a smart-looking car. And, I mean, for so long, that Ford Type 9 um, Sierra gearbox was the sort of go-to choice for anyone looking for, for a five-speed box for MGB or Midget. So, um, yeah, interestingly, the, those boxes now are so hard to come by. A lot of people are moving to MX-5 gearboxes, aren't they? Yes, that's right. And um, I think there's a kit going around doing the rounds now that you can buy that actually makes the MX-5 gearbox one that just bolts straight in, basically. So, yeah, very common upgrade now. What's quite surprising, actually, is that there are quite a number of modified MGFs, MGBs, but that retain the original engine, and quite a lot sort of Zs as well, an awful lot of modified Zs actually. What I was expecting, if I'm honest, was a great tranche of MGB Rover V8 conversions, but perhaps the day for them has kind of passed. I think it probably has. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about the Z cars is that they are so affordable. Um, and I know in the past the K-Series engine has got a bit of stick for, for head gaskets and things like that. But we ought to remember the K was a was an award-winning engine. And once you've got it sorted, you know, once you move upgrade to that, that better head gasket, they are pretty much uh, bulletproof. You know, Lotus used a lot of them. Um, Caterham used them. Um, and there are there are a lot of things you can do to the K-series um, to get a bit more power, you know, with things like K-maps um, and TF cams, you know, the 135 cams. You know, I've even known people have done VVC conversions on, on the Z cars. So there's a lot you can do to them without having to spend a lot of money and you can buy a really good condition car to start with for, for not a lot of money either so i'm not surprised to see those modified zeds coming up in this conversation adam which would be the one out of those that responded to that post on facebook would be the one that you would take home so i am going to take home rob john's uh mgzr which is uh the 1.6k series with its uh, 135 cams alloy manifold 52 mil throttle body a K-Maps remap, an ITG induction system, uh, custom exhaust, and uh, gas suspension. So, yeah, that looks a really tidy little car. And the nice thing about it is he's obviously done an awful lot of work to it, but if you look at it, it looks pretty much original, and I quite like that. So, uh, so yeah, so, Rob, um, if you could just pop the V5 in the post, that'd be great. Well, I'm going to mention Bruno Mercado with his Sebring flared arched mgb gt because that's a beauty i also want to say hello to nick paul with his 1965 mgb fia race car um for me it's between rob mitchell's hill climb and sprint prepped mgb and just maybe just winning for me is emma jacobs with that mg midget i mentioned earlier with the k series engine and the ford type 9 gearbox within it i like the color I like the fact that it looks a bit more aggressive on its stance. I like the fact that Emma's a lady and she says she's just done all the plumbing and wiring on it. And I like the fact that it's a lady driving a modified midget. Um, that's my winner. Emma Jacobs, well done. I'm stealing your car. <laughs> <laughs> and before we leave you, we must do what we like to do at this point in every episode of the show. And that is uh, have a look through the shop basically spend some money that's what we're going to do and see what we can find to buy and i thought what we'd do is just look at some of the products that are on the shop at the moment adam that now that as we've just discussed earlier on in this episode things are slightly easing and the car's coming out a little bit more than it was earlier on in the summer the things that really help to get the car looking nice for what is left of the summer season and the first one that i come across on the mg car club shop 
which you can access via shop.mgcc.co.uk, is the Meguiar's Car Gift Set. And this is really good value because if you were to add up everything in that bag, it would come to a lot more than the 45 quid that it's listed for there. It's got the lot in there. It's got all the polishes, car washes, waxes, the Carnuba stuff that you need, all the correct cloths, everything basically you need in one handy carry bag that will get your car looking lovely for the show season and is really nice present actually yeah it's a lovely gift i mean i got introduced to Maguire's um through louise allen who is one of our members uh, down in the southwest she's got a, a gorgeous uh mg zr that she's had for forever and i tell you the amount of Maguire's product that uh, Louise buys, she really should have shares in the company. She is by far and away their best ambassador. Um, and I was one of these people that didn't really sort of put much stock in buying decent quality um, car cleaning stuff. But Louise sort of introduced me to the Maguire stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's A, it's a lovely gift for anyone who is sort of particular about keeping their car looking its best. But not only that, it, it, it really, really lasts because... You don't need to use a lot of it to get really good results. So, you know, you buy a Maguire's gift set and it will last you for ages and ages and ages. And like you say, it's a really nice gift item. So, yeah, that's 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 a good one to get started, especially if, like me, you've had your car in the garage um, for a little while. And it's got a bit dusty and a bit grimy and you want to give it a bit of a bit of a sort of spring summer clean. Then, yeah, that's the best way to get started. And if you've pulled it out of the garage at last, looking forward to what you can do with it for the rest of the summer and the battery's flat, learn the lesson that uh, really in order to keep the battery healthy while it's in storage, you need a battery conditioner. And these are the best ones on the market by far and made by a company called SeaTech. And they're available on the MG Car Club shop now. The SeaTech that's ideal for MGs is the one that is listed on the MG Car Club shop. It's £63, but that saves you a lot of money in buying new batteries after every winter. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, Adam, but batteries don't last very long. And despite the fact that they have a sticker on them saying five-year warranty, like two or three years sometimes tops, and no one can really be bothered to claim the warranty. You know, <laughs> But the yeah, best no. thing to do is to keep one of these conditioners on because uh, it keeps the battery charged and it also keeps the battery cycling through a, a cycle of use discharging and recharging and it never overcharges it either so it keeps the battery healthy batteries are like living organisms basically they need to be sort of used and and and, and electricity to flow in order to keep them healthy and, and give them a long life and that's what those ctex do yeah well i actually bought um a ctec conditioner um last winter because you know, my B doesn't get the amount of use that I would like it to. And anyone who's got uh, an MGB will know what a pain in the butt it is getting to the batteries. Um, and when you jump in it and you just want to drive out and you, you know, you get that click, 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 or even not even enough power to do that. And you have to fiddle around getting the, the in my BGT, getting the back seat out, getting the battery hooked up. You know, the, a C-Tech is well worth the investment because it's got a, it comes with a set of leads that mean you can actually hook it up and leave the, the connections for the conditioner in place without having to fiddle around and lift up the battery um, and lift up the back seat and do all that messing around. So yeah, they, they're, it's, it's money saving in the long term because you're not going to be buying batteries every couple of years like you say and it, it's one of those really nice fit and forget things that helps you keep your car sort of ready to go when you want it absolutely all available now on the shop shop.mgcc.co.uk and of course we'll put links to all of these products that we are discussing in the description part on the podcast page alongside this episode at mgpodcast.uk final products that I've found that's quite handy actually and you know sometimes you find a product sometimes you find a bit of merchandise that has one use but actually is very useful for something completely different and that is the MG Car Club bandana now if you go onto the website shop.mgcc.co.uk you'll see on the home page that there's like a what do they call it mannequin heads wearing one of these bandanas and you'll notice that the bandana is pulled just up over the mouth the chin and up over the nose there it actually makes a brilliant face covering 
without having to wear one of those nuts-looking medical masks that we're all being told we're going to have to use in shops now. The MG Car Club bandana is the way to keep your nose and mouth safely covered up whilst arriving at the shops, branded with the MG logo and looking like you can do it in style. And they're just £12.50 and you just keep washing them. You keep them forever. You don't have to keep buying those disposable masks. So I think, although we haven't got MG Car Club hygienic masks, use the bandana, I say. Makes sense to me, mate. And it's got that really nice uh, designed pattern on there that uh, Inika had commissioned that covers... Um, all the the sort of iconic factory imaging from from Abingdon. So yeah, it's a nice thing to have. Yeah, it's quite nice. It's got Kimber House's front door on there. It's got some checkered flags. It's got the MG Car Club Abingdon on Thames logo there, and some driving gloves and all sorts of different little icons. So yeah, really nice actually, and a nifty product that everyone really is going to need. To be honest, over the coming weeks, twelve pound fifty. The MG Car Club bandana. You can't go wrong. That just about rounds it up for another episode of the MG Car Club podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our previous episodes from the past 15 weeks at mgpodcast.uk. And please do think about joining the MG Car Club if you're not already a member. It'd be lovely to have you on board. Lovely to have you in the family. And of course, by doing so, you support the production of this podcast as well. Join us very easily via mgcc.co.uk or click the Join Now button on the podcast page. Until next week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.co.uk dot uk